Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, how are you doing, man? Wow, we, nice. uh, I'm doing all right. We've For this being our 15th take, uh, <laughs> I feel yes. fantastic. At this point, I feel I'm amazing. Yes. Yeah, we needed that warm-up time of four, five, 10, 15 takes to get ready for this. It's going to be huge, people. It's going to be huge. It's Conversations Part 2. But before we get there, Josh, what's the best part about avocado toast, which I know you just enjoyed? What's the best about it? Oh, that's a good question. So I like to think that I eat manly avocado toast and not just your typical avocado toast because... (laughs) I'm a man, uh, but I do sourdough bread and it has to be sourdough bread. I've tried other breads. Sourdough, sourdough is the way yep. to go. Yep. Uh, and then avocado, fresh avocado. Mm-hmm. You just throw it on there and then I mash it up a little bit on the toast. You got to mash so on the like toast. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Then it's a little bit of pepper uh, mm-hmm. across the top. Sometimes if I want more avocado flavor, I put a little bit of salt. Um, depends on the, my yep. mood. And then yep. secret sauce. 505 sauce, uh, which is like a green chili sauce, goes right on top of it. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I fry up some eggs and I do yep. over easy. I want that runny yolk, uh, but sometimes mm-hmm. uh, I'm not paying attention and the yolk cooks, but most right. time runny right, yolk right. is the way to go. It just mashes all together. Uh, yeah. And then I have like some seasoning stuff that I put on my, my eggs to make them super tasty. Uh, and the other trick is I make an extra piece of toast. So when I eat yes. my two other pieces and the stuff that falls mm-hmm. off, I have something for it to go on. Oh, genius. See that, that it's is the tasty. secret sauce, man. That's the secret sauce. You, you're like, I know there's going to be stuff coming off. I'm going to not eat it in the moment. And I'm going to have a third piece of avocado toast. That's mm-hmm. how you start your day. People. That's how you start it's your good day. day. Yeah, man. The downside for today was I went downstairs to make myself some avocado toast and realized right. I had no 505 eggs or sourdough bread, um, <laughs> which at that point I was just going to eat an avocado. So <laughs> thankfully I live extremely close to a King Supers, which is our local grocery uh, store, uh, the Kroger right. brand grocery store. Uh, right. And uh, I picked up some groceries and $70 nice. later, because you can't go in a grocery store for less than 50 right. bucks these days. Right. Uh, I got my, my, so I was a little bit late getting to the podcast. Uh, I thought I was going to make right. it. I thought I was time it just right. Usually it takes me like 12 minutes to make me some avocado toast. Yeah. It took me a little bit longer. And then, yeah, I was late. And then we had audio problems <laughs> over and like, over and over again. Yeah. Many, many times. But we're here. Things seem to be working. Uh, Josh has yep, avocado toast, eggs, and five sauce, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds delicious. And uh, yeah, man, the only the only change I would make to what you described, two changes. I always do a little bit of salt because I think it brings out all the flavor of that avocado. You want to treat it, you know, how it needs to be treated. It is a delicious avocado, you know, so don't uh, don't skimp, Josh. You got to bring out a little salt. Uh, (laughs) Then I love the egg yolk, too. But I always like my go to egg cooking style is a single flip. Um, so fried egg, but like one flip. So you get a little cooked on both sides. Um, so you still get that yolkiness in the middle, but you know, gotta, gotta get a little cook on each side. I used to be all about the over easy. I sure, I'm sure I will be again at some point, but these days, no, what you're, what you're describing given, is over easy, Andrew. No, 
Oh, wait. Yeah, you're over right. easy is you're right. the egg over, but the yolk is still You're easy. right. Okay. All right. So you I do like over blunder. easy. You're a big yeah, fan. I do like over easy. Single flip, fried over easy. You're right. I was thinking sunny side up and I like, when I was describing that. No, I can't do that. You're right. I can't yeah. do the sunny side up because like right. The, right. the liquidiness of the egg grosses me out. Yeah. A little um, bit too much. And I like yeah. the crispy. Like I like the egg to be a little bit extra fried. So like it's got yes. a little bit brown on both sides. Hundred percent, dude. We're spot on. The only thing I, you know, change about what you said is always add a pinch of salt. But hey, we can you negotiate would also change, on that. Though, you'd want you want home eggs, homemade well, eggs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> home eggs uh, are my preference. Um, but that's just because I have chickens, which they're doing pretty well. And uh, finally, it's not snowing here, so they are pumped about spring. Our chickens have you are lost noticeably. Anymore? I feel like we haven't had uh, no. an egg or a chicken no. update in a while. No, dude, they're doing great. We've we've been at 13 strong for like probably a year or close to a year. You know, we went from 17 down to 13 in pretty quick order. Um, and then we've just held steady. Like two of them are paranoid are they good for? and they live they live about seven years, um, or eight years oh, actually. Yeah, yeah. So they have a pretty good lifespan. So if you keep a chicken alive, I think one chicken can produce something like 2,000 eggs over the course of its lifetime, which is insane when you think about it, especially because you get chickens for like a dollar <laughs> when they're chicks, you know, yeah. so it works out. It's a lot of eggs, but yeah, man, life's good. Everything's blooming here in Pennsylvania. Um, and yeah. as you know, Josh, I just got back from my first ever family I was going to say, trip. can you can you tell us yes. about your your first YouTube family <laughs> camping outing uh, and how it went? And Dude, if we I already a... know the story of how it went. So if it was a YouTube video, great start to your YouTube channel. <laughs> Plenty of drama. A, it would have been a great start. So let me just say, we left on Sunday, and conditions were not perfect, but we decided, like, hey, we booked this. We're going, and we're going to see, you know. Does our camper stay dry in the rain? Because uh, we knew there was going to be a decent amount of rain on Sunday. So anyway, dude, let me just say we were pulling up to the campsite. Like everybody had cleared out except a few different people who were camping. And basically uh, it was like we I made the fatal comment of as we pulled up like, hey, at least the rain stopped, you know, so it's like cold and wet, but it's not raining. Well, as soon as I park the camper and get out, it starts like heavy duty raining, like no joke. And this is this is a pop out pop up camper. Remember, so it's not like just stop and step in. It's like 20 minutes to set it up if things are going well. So I get this thing all set up and on the outside. I pop it up on the inside and I'm feeling really good about it because it probably was like 20 minutes. I had a few small things go wrong. Um but I, but I had done some test popping at home, you know, and uh, I'm like, wow, like this is going to work out. Like I'm going to ask my wife, Jana, to just pull the car forward and uh, and then unload the girls and we're good. <laughs> Dude, um, she gets back in the car to pull the car forward. Uh, like I asked, first thing she was doing, you know, in the camper setup. And uh, I don't know if the hitch bumped the the front of the camper when she pulled forward or if it was leaned against the car or what 
But dude, I, I'm kidding you not. Gianna pulled forward a foot or two and suddenly the whole pop-up camper, like the wheel snapped off the bottom of the, uh, of the tongue where you like the lift on the tongue, the wheel snapped off of that. The <laughs> two stabilizer jacks in the front bent and the whole camper shifted forward like a foot and landed on the the broken hub of the tongue uh and in the, the bent jacks and i just like i just like had to laugh to myself and then have like a oh crap moment all at once like what just happened you know um so anyway picturing Jana steps Jana in out. The car and she's probably like looking in the rear of your mirror to see you and she's like do i pull forward now she's probably already nervous yeah, first thing that happens is the trailer just disappears the whole front Here's end just disappears part. in her Jana stepped out of the car having no idea anything wrong had happened because the girls were being all loud and uh she oh, steps out and she's she makes a comment like hey it looks pretty good and then she sees my face and is like, what happened? And I point to the wheel that snapped off and the way the Dutch camper had fallen forward and her face like went pale, you know, it's like, oh crap, like what just happened? So dude, like one takeaway is that I think Gina will never again pull forward if I ask her to when the camper's off. Nope. She's going to be like, no, yeah, you do that happen. now. That's always your job. Just to clarify, it was not her fault. Would have happened to me too, but it is hilarious that the one thing I, I asked her to do like caused total disaster. Uh, but no, man, thankfully, by the grace of God, this guy Glenn had parked next to us and like he happened to be out and about in the rain um, doing a few things to like cook or do whatever. Um and he came over and he brought, he had an extra jack. He brought it over. It was way better than the one I had. Note to self, I'll put a better extra jack in the car for the next camping trip. Um, but he came over. We got it jacked up. I learned a big lesson about how to properly use stabilizer jacks and how to improperly do that. So won't make that mistake again. Um, and then on the whole, we actually had a really good time overall. Um, even though it was like raining, sleeting, cold, all of that, there's one tiny drip in my camper that happens, but it is like, even with pouring rain, it's like one drip per couple minutes, you know, it's really small. So all that to say, dude, I'm stoked for, for a round two of camping. And I think once I get the stabilizer jacks replaced, which is going to be an easy thing to do, um, I'm going to put it in the back toward close to our fire pit. And I think we're going to do a, uh, like a one night surprise family camp out back there just to, just to redeem, you know, what just happened. Um, and then we have a bunch of other trips planned later in the spring and summer. So anyway, dude, learned a lot, had a good time. And the, the girls had never been camping, you know, last time we were camping was, um, Grand Tetons, uh, in, is that Montana, Wyoming, Grand Tetons National Park. And Jana was like super pregnant with Catherine at the time. Uh, it was like a month before Catherine was born. We went camping. So anyway, man, it felt felt really good to get out again. And uh, excited 
to have it. You know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yep. Now you're going to have those people out there, Andrew, <clears throat> that don't consider uh, RV camping, camping. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in your case, since your mattresses were also heated. So <laughs> yes, you might want to come up, may- maybe a different, like lam- glamping. Maybe you were glamping. Uh, more maybe we were, maybe um, we were, but you know what, dude, I used to be one of those people, by the way, cause I love backpacking. I love tent camping. Like I went backpack bow hunting, uh, for elk in Colorado for like 10 days or some crazy amount of time. Like I'm, I'm all about that. But when you have two tiny children, if you want to go camping, you better, better have a camper or a good system with a huge tent to make it enjoyable. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, it's a trade-off. One day we'll go backpacking again. One day I, I want to take the family backpacking. We're a long ways from that being enjoyable. So we have heated mattresses and a pop-up camper in the in the in-between time. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. My favorite type of camping is, can I pull my truck there? And if I can yes. pull my truck there, I'm fine. I, I knew of back camp, back, backpack camping. Uh, like Back it was a camping. thing, but I didn't know <laughs> nor- normal people did it until Dude. I moved to Colorado. And you're like, oh, what do you mean best. you hiked for miles to your campsite? That sounds with everything miserable. on your back. Like, how, your food, how are you, you going to your drag your filter. air mattress with you for that far? <laughs> like, no, thank you. Uh, dude, I'm just proud of you for going camping and loving it. You know, it's not a thing you used to do uh, in the early days of me knowing you in Colorado. Now you're like, yeah, I love camping. And you know what? I I picture you are not uh, Tom from Parks and Rec. If you've seen that episode, people, you know, where Tom buys everything. But I'm not against being Tom from Parks and Rec. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not against right. having a TV in the tent. Right. I'm open to that. But he has like a slushy maker, a coffee maker, right. TV, PlayStation. <laughs> and then he like drains Inflatable Ron's couch. car battery because uh, he's using all the power. And uh, yeah, then they're in trouble. That's a good episode. That was a good episode. Yeah, man. But dude, uh, since we've nice. done like, I don't know, 15, 20 takes of this already, you and I have about a half hour left before we got to bounce. So yeah. can you set us up and, and launch us uh, into conversation part two? Part two. Part two. Yeah. So we, we are, <clears throat> excuse me, I just got a um, bubble of coffee in my throat. Um, it sounds gross, but that's what happened. Um, we're in the middle of a series we're calling conversations. And essentially the idea behind this is there's just 10 conversations to grow in relationship uh, with somebody else. Um, and this comes from, um, true face. It's an organization. We'll link it in the show notes. If you go to this, Jesus life podcast.com, um, and you can purchase the, uh, the little daily. It's super cheap, but it's just an opportunity to, um, one, it frames kind of the conversation around a video, um, a super quick video, and then there's a handful of questions that's asked, and then there's some you know deeper stuff if you want to get into it. Um, but essentially, the goal of it is just to get to know somebody on a deeper level, to become fully known um, by somebody else. Um, so you can do this with spouses, you can do this with friends, you can do this you know to some extent, um, you know, with maybe older children that have some life experience because some of the questions won't apply. Um, but like people so desperately want to be in relationship with, with, an, with another piece, but to be fully known by somebody else or by a group of people. Yeah. Um, but we, 
oftentimes don't know how to do it and oftentimes feels like a massive hurdle that we have to overcome to get to those places because it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of vulnerability. Um, and this is a great process of 10 conversations that progressively get deeper and deeper as you go along. Um, but don't ever feel overwhelming. Like you never, <clears throat> maybe you will at some point, I don't know, but um, there's that vulnerability hangover. You've probably yeah. experienced like maybe yeah. you shared something that it was extremely personal to you with somebody else. And then you walk away from that conversation. And you're like, oh, my goodness, what have I done? Um, it's that <laughs> like exposed feeling. That's a normal feeling. That's not like you're 100 percent on the right path. If you're feeling those things in terms of building relationship, trust and vulnerability have to be there. Um, and this is just and we're just trying to model this for you. Um, so there's some some ground rules to these conversations. We break one of them every week because, mm -hmm. well, this is a public podcast and anyone can tell. Right. It. Um, so we're trying to be as honest as we possibly can to these questions without exposing other people's stuff. That's kind of yeah. how I'm viewing this. Like, I don't want to share a story that may cause harm to somebody else that hasn't given me permission to share the story, even though it's right. a story about my life and about me. It may affect other people or maybe paint them in a bad light. And I, I don't want to do that. So there's some things that we do filter ourselves. I wouldn't recommend that in a one-on-one -on -one conversation. If you're doing this conversation with, with a friend, um, you want to go yeah. deep. <clears throat> you want to share those stories. You want to become fully known. Um, but uh, and for our sake. So the, and the other two rules is no, f I don't know exactly how they word it, but no fixing and no preaching. So mm. we're not here to fix each other. Yeah, I'm not. As much as I want to tell Andrew, you know, the 10 things that's wrong about him that he should he should look at and evaluate, <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut and just let Andrew right, be right, Andrew right. and share his right. answers no matter what they may be. Uh, this isn't a place to, to correct with truth either um, in these conversations. Right. Oftentimes when you do that, you shut them down if you don't have relational collateral. Like you, be, you should be very careful when you, when you speak truth to people um, because, you know, if you, you sever relationship in the midst of that, um, you have no voice anymore. Like, right. sorry. Um, right. So that's, that's kind of it. First question or the first week conversation, we're going to kind of finish up the last couple of questions, but those questions actually filter right into the second conversation. So we're just yep. going to call this conversation number two. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's dig into it. Andrew, do you want to go yeah, first? Man. Yeah, I could go first. So uh, the only thing to add to Josh is like we did, we did start last week by going through what are some of your best memories of your childhood? Some of the worst. Uh, we both answered that. Then what have been some of the highs and lows of your adulthood? We went through that. So if you missed it, go back and check that out. Um, our first question uh, today is a short question that could be really short or long in the answer. So it's just this. How has your faith journey with God played out? Man, I was thinking about this, Josh, because I knew we were going to have this um, <clears throat> conversation. and like. I think if I looked at my, I don't know how many acts there would be in the play of my relationship with God, you know, if it were like presented as a play or something. I don't know why I thought of this, maybe because our girls love Hamilton and we listen to that soundtrack too often. So I thought of it as like, how has it played out? Act one, act two, act three, act four, you know, um, I could, I could look at my relationship with God in like three acts, I guess. Um, so far in my life, you know, act one would probably be like uh, growing up into late teenage years um, where it was like going to church, being a part of the church, like believing in God, um, 
having a lot of head knowledge and sometimes heart knowledge uh, and interactions with God, um, but also really trying to like run my own direction, which I've talked about that before in my testimony, I think of, of trying to like live for myself um, and be like all things to all people, but not in the biblical sense, like trying to almost have different different lives of like, there's the church, Andrew. This is not church, Andrew. You know, they're not necessarily the same person um, and they're not after the same goals. Um, so that would probably be like act one. And and that went up till I was like 19, eight, actually 18. Um, but my, my freshman year of college, act two started when um, like right going to, like close to Christmas break starting had this moment where I like, I was so frustrated, man, because I was looking around, I was projecting, you know, uh, if if you want to use the psychological term for it, I was projecting onto everybody else that was at the Christian college I was at, Indiana Westland. I was looking around and thinking like, ah, how are, like these people got to be faking it, you know, like everybody was acting so joy filled and all this stuff. I'm like, they got to be faking it because I was faking it. And I'm like, getting all frustrated by it. And man, I basically had a moment where I gave God a ultimatum essentially of like, God, I want to either live 100% for you as best I can or, or not act like I'm going to, you know, like, and, and after being all mad and like frustrated at that, I, I ended up just going to sleep that night and I woke up the next morning not with having this crazy moment, but with having this, like, I'm pretty stubborn and having the stubbornness of just like, I'm going to do my best to live for God. I'm going to try to live this, this life honoring God, you know, and, and doing my best to kind of walk in the way that Jesus did. And that, that would probably be the start of act two in my life and my relationship with the Lord. Like, from that, like at college, got to meet Jana, um, and and I married her. You know, after school, dated for a long time, and that's been like the most incredible relationship. You know, uh, that's led to all kinds of adventures, like moving to Colorado and meeting you, having kids, like doing all kinds of crazy stuff, having chickens. Um, but yeah, man, Act Two has pro- is I would say is like you know like taking it seriously and trying to really live it out as best I can. Um, and then <laughs> act three, uh, it would probably come around the time, like, uh, probably would start around the time when like, I knew my daughter, Catherine was coming, Jana was pregnant and we were deciding some really big things. Like we're like, no, we're going to move away from Colorado and raise family near family. And that was really hard because <laughs> we loved Colorado. We had you and so many other great friends together, like really cool sense of community, awesome place, a place that we really loved. Um, but it felt like that seeing season was coming to a close in, in many ways. Um, and I don't know, man, I guess act three with, with God would probably be like where I've just felt like God has been taking me down these paths of like, okay, for the next year or three or somewhere in between, I'm going to teach you a huge lesson, (laughs) you know, where like that's where the year of the chicken came from. 
Uh, right now is still the year of focus, which has been more than a year as the year of the chicken was. Your focus is just like, what is my focus that I'm going to filter things through? My focus is relationship with God, being a good husband, and being a good father. Like those are my top three, you know, and that excludes a lot, but uh, I'm trying to live that way. Um, so yeah, man, I would say act three has been like going through these big moments of like, I say moments, these big lessons that that could last a long time. And, uh, and that's where I am now. Who knows? This might be the next like 50 years of my life. I might be in my final act. I don't know. <laughs> but, but if I look at the themes of like my relationship with God, since it kind of started, I think at age like seven, uh, if I remember right, like that's, that's how I'd classify it, man. Um, so sorry, long answer to the first question, but, um, would be curious. I don't know if you have any follow-up questions, but how has your faith journey with God played out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, similar, similar story. Um, and I know we kind of briefly touched on pieces of this last week. Uh, and there's so many things that play into the faith, the journey, you know, different experiences that you have, whether you would label them faith related or not, they, they play a role um, in forming who you are. And that plays a role in, in your faith journey. Um, but I'll try to limit a lot of those things and just focus on um, the faith part of it all. So I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I remember kind of my first church experience. I remember in a elementary school class, um, I want to say we were meeting in a school was the church that we were going to. Um, it might even been the school that I attended. I don't remember. Um, but I remember the Sunday school teacher. It was a Sunday school kind of environment. The Sunday school teacher explaining tithing and blessing. Um, and she's like, you know, yeah. I gave a turkey away. It was like right around Thanksgiving. I gave a turkey away and God gave me two turkeys, um, which is bad <laughs> theology. But um, I, I can't see how she was trying to get there. Um, <laughs> but that's like my first, that's like the first church experience that I remember. Other than like when we were really little, I do remember like some of the Catholic masses that we are part of um, for yeah. Christmas or whatnot. But um. Uh, that was my first like evangelical Protestant church experience that I could remember. Um, and then I, I, we stayed involved in the church. We were there every week kind of thing. We moved to South Dakota going into my um, seventh grade year. I went to a sleepaway camp for the week um, with our church and um, um, ended up giving my life to Jesus because I, yeah. the preacher terrified me. Um, and I was homesick. So that's, but yeah. I remember praying the prayer kind of thing in my bed by myself. I told my, my cabin leader the next morning. Um, but that was kind of it. And, you know, going into seventh grade, how much can you fully understand about this whole thing right. about Jesus? But I think I understood what I could understand. So I would say in, in my theological circles that salvation was secured at that point. Um, but I didn't fully understand it and didn't, it didn't really mean anything. Like it didn't change who I was. It didn't change mm -hmm. the way I was living this life. Um, mm -hmm. it wasn't until going into my senior year of high school that, that God called me away from some things in my life. Um, and called me, you know, towards full-time ministry that I probably started to take yeah. my relationship with Jesus seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I quit hockey at that point. I, you know, full bore, preached my first sermon at a Lord's Supper, which probably Boom. was miserably bad for everyone that had to uh, listen to it. Uh, I probably repeated myself over and over and over again, but uh, 
is what it is. I still repeat myself. It's a tactic that I use now, but then I'm still only better. I have no other words to give you. Uh, Preaching scary and, then, and hard. Uh, let me just say, yeah, yeah, it can be. Do it enough, you'll be fine with it. But um, <clears throat> there's, uh, uh, but I, I ended up, you know, in paid ministry pretty quick after high school, um, leading a junior high ministry. Um, at the same time, you know, went through my like crisis of faith. You know, I was at a, a public mm-hmm. college um, and taking you know world world religions. Uh, classes and um, um, I took a intro to the Old Testament survey and an intro to the New Testament survey. Uh, New Testament survey was taught by a Methodist pastor that just destroyed uh, any sense that you may have that the Bible has any legitimacy. Uh, wow! Now wow. I wish I knew what I knew today because I would mm. I'd be able to defend the positions. But at the time. Right. I'm 19 years old, don't know any better. And you're like, whoa. And you know it's you know what he's saying? You're like, wait a second, this is opposite of what I've been taught. And if what I've been taught wrong, or is what he's saying, you're like, is he just making right. making crap up? I remember one of the arguments that he used. I'm trying to remember, it must have been for the flood. Um yeah. yeah, it must have been the flood. But there's 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 multiple ancient religions that talk that about the floods. Flood. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and wrote about it before Moses, before, you know, Moses ever, you know, put all that, that story down from God. Um, and he said, you know, look at what the Bible st- has stolen. Like it was just, it was uh forkla or what's the word when something's like forfeit or uh, counterfeit. No, like, I don't know. No, like a story, like folklore and folklore. folklore. There you go. I can't even yeah, say yeah. it. After you say yeah. It. Fork- yeah. Um, but, so and that's his argument, and then you know, you're like, "Whoa, that's that's a big deal." Sitting in the moment, and then you realize, or it just proves that it happened, and other people noticed it, and wrote it down. Um, right. Like those are things you just didn't think about when you're 19 years yeah. old and don't know any better. Yeah. So I started to go through this crisis of faith of like, wait, like maybe there's, maybe I am wrong, and started to dig into these things and really start to understand them. And you know, I was I was lucky enough to come out of that. You know, with a stronger faith in who Jesus is and what Jesus had done. Um, you know, I know that's not the case for everybody um, in environments like that. And at this point, like I'm still pretty, like I have I have a group of friends around me, but we didn't have those types of conversations. So um, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily have someone to bounce those things off of, or I felt safe to do that. Um, so in in a lot of ways, uh, I, I went through the experience for myself, which is a horrible, horrible idea um, when you're walking right. through those things. But yeah, um, came out of that and and got to this place with with the church that you know I grew up in a pretty traditional church. Um, you know, it, it was it had its you know veins of legalism um, that kind of yeah. snuck through it. Um, wasn't blatant, but it was there. Um, to the point that I had to deal with that, those kind of theological views um, later on. And I was a pretty black and white um, hmm. from theology and had no problem telling you you were wrong, um, which is not the, the proper approach to those conversations. Um, right. But uh, went through that and got to this place of like, is, is this all the church is? Like we show up here Sunday, we show up here Wednesday, and this is the church. Um, like there's, there's gotta be more to this. So I, I started to dig into that and start reading through just early church stories and reading through, um, you know, the, the gospels and, and the epistles and coming to this conclusion of note, like there's more, there's more to church than all this. 
And I remember teaching a series in the junior high called Church as It Should Be. And we kind of walk through mm-hmm. each of those things and walk through the book of Acts. Um, and I decided to leave my church because of it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, wow. there's, there's more to this. It's time for me to go. Wow. And, you know, looking back at it now, it was this realization that um, uh, like my entire life was surrounded by the church bubble. Like the mm-hmm. only people I interacted with was professed Christians. I didn't have any non-Christian friends. I didn't interact with non-Christians at all. Like I went to church and I hung out with church people and I went to church events. Like my yeah. entire life was surrounded around that. Um, so God called me away and, and, and started this journey, which would be like, I don't know, whatever act we use. Andrews is another mm-hmm. act, um, whatever the number would be. Um, and I started this, this journey of what does it really mean to love God and love people when people don't, when people are so different than you. So I ended up working for Apple for a little while, which, you know, Apple does a lot of great things. Uh, Apple is also pretty, uh, liberal in its views and progressive in its methodology about the human side of things. So you're working with a ton of people that have very different worldviews than you do mm-hmm. and learning how to build relationships and, and be friends with people that um, don't look at life the same way that you look at life. And it was a huge learning experience for me. Um, and, you know, really started to get into the world piece of like, what, what does it mean to, to follow Jesus in a place like this? And just did a lot of work on my heart um, during that season. Um, and then, you know, you skip ahead for a while uh, and I get to the next act, which probably started like three years ago, four years ago, maybe even further along than that. Like there was buddies yeah. of it, but um, real changes start happening until then and um, really starting to understand what it, what Jesus meant um, when he talks about the greatest commandments to love God and love people. Um, like yeah. What is that? What does it practically look like? And how do you actually foster relationship with God and relationship with with people like I'm a firm believer um, that Christians should be relational experts. There should be nobody else mm. on this planet that does relationship yeah. better than us. Yeah. Um, that we do conflict extremely well, that we love extremely well. We show grace extremely well, um, that we dig into relationship extremely well and build healthy, healthy environments around us, um, both with humans, humanity and, and, and with God, right? Like our role in, in this um, faith journey with Jesus is is to foster relationship with Jesus and do what he says. Um, and I think oftentimes we just, we don't know how to foster relationship with Jesus. And we've said, I've said this on the podcast. We've said this on the podcast and we'll say it a thousand times probably, but relationships, relationship, like you build relationship with God, the same way you build relationship with, with another person Um, relationships, relationship. Um, and we dig into these things, um, for the sake of, of those relationships. Um, and man, the depth of trust, the depth of peace, the depth of safety that you start to feel um, inside of these places. You're like, man, I could take on the world. Like there's nothing the world can throw at me. That's going to um, change my faith and hope um, in my future uh, because of who Christ is and what Christ has done. Um, And that's where we're trying to get people to and, and trying to love people to it. So it's those similar to Andrew, it's these faith journey, you know, maybe plateaus, like you're climbing up this thing or maybe like a fake, um, um, what do they call that? A false peak. 
yeah. where you're getting yeah, this place. Like, I finally arrive, and you're like, oh, another false summit. Uh, oh, there's yeah. another, there's another peak to climb. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it feels like a simple walk, and other times it feels like a big climb. Um, but yeah. it's just Jesus, you know, sanctifying us and making us more holy, like Him, um, yeah. in terms of how we love people and love Him. But yeah, yeah, man, that's awesome. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. And I know we probably could both talk about that for a long time. Like there's, there's so much there and knowing a lot of your story, uh, in advance of this, like I know how much you, you jumped through. Um, but man, I was going to ask, uh, just one, one question, uh, on, on that last, like the act you're in now. Um, how, how long have you been there, man? When did I know, when did you leave the kind of full-time ministry position from the last church where, where we met? Um, cause I know you left that and stepped into a different job. Um, and then, you know, we're dreaming and working on launching, um, Hill city, but yeah. How long have you been in the season, man? Like four years, five years, uh, this specific season, uh, two, two and a half years, uh, okay, of leaving well, my last church and, and get to this yeah, place yeah. now. But in terms so of like crazy. the spiritual yeah. side of this, like right. God started to do a fair amount of work. Yes. Probably like four, starting like four years ago ish. Okay. On that thing started to play out in this way. That's um, what it, like I, planning I a church has always been on my mind I since like, I was in my early twenties. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's not no, I, I just felt like this season I knew you you left that church roughly three years ago. But, you know, you and I, for the last, like, couple years you were there, um, we were meeting, like, pretty much every week, doing accountability, getting to know each other on, on a much deeper level as friends over that time and uh, mm-hmm. and pouring into one another. And I felt like right around that same time was maybe when that shift started, not not saying I mm-hmm. played any part of it, just I noticed it, you know, and it's like, it's kind of cool to look back and think about, like, wow, that was like the winds changed or his season changed or a new act started or whatever language you want to use. But it's kind of cool, man. It, it is cool to see, you know, when things shift, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, man. Yeah. Anytime, anytime we have an opportunity to like, God is so faithful to us in, in, in the small yeah. ways and the big ways. And oftentimes we're just so focused on the problems of life. We're so focused on, you know, specific things or the busyness that's going on that we miss just the faithfulness that God shows to, to those that love him. Like God gives good gifts to those who love him. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and we'd think it like tangible, like um, physical gifts. Like we're looking for that big paycheck uh, coming in or, um, you know, a random car being given to us. And I'm not saying God doesn't do those things, um, but those things actually aren't as helpful um, to the the character things that God gives you yeah. um, through journeys, right? Like where he starts to shift your heart and how you view people or how you view such situations or how you view him um, yeah. and gives you a depth of relationship that you didn't have before. Like there's yeah. there's character pieces that he's working on in, in who you are and, and like behavior comes second to character. And I think when Christians get into trouble is when we switch those, that we change our behavior uh, yeah. and we think our character is going to follow suit, but then we get exhausted and tired because yeah. we're trying to maintain something that just isn't in our natural position to maintain. Mm. Um, but mm-hmm. when, when God does the work from the character perspective, man, maintaining those behavior things or some like oftentimes you don't even think about it, it's just who you are now. 
Uh, so true. And, and we get those flip flops, yeah. like let Jesus lead that process. And that's probably the biggest yeah. thing I've from a, from that sanctification process standpoint that I've learned over the last few years is let Jesus lead that process and do what Jesus says yeah. in the moment. It may feel stupid. It may feel sim- simple and you have no idea of the impact. Um, what yeah. a little bit of time and perspective to be able to evaluate where you're at now compared to where you were. 100% man. 100%. But the, the next question, Andrew, um, I think we could probably skip the next one. Cause I think the next one's where, where would you say you are in your journey right now? Right. I think we both right. answered that unless you have something to add to it. Um, no. for your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, we can kind of move on to the next one, but the next question is, is this, and I think this could, this could be interesting. Um, so over your course of your religious experience, um, what is the primary descriptor of how, uh, you have viewed God? Was mm-hmm. he a judge, a vending machine, theoretical safety net, bodyguard, uh, earthly planet, you know, parent God, whatever the heck that means, mm-hmm. uh, or something else? Yeah. Dang, man. This is hard because like I was describing kind of like different acts, you know, of, of my life where I could say like, what has your walk been with the Lord or what, what is your relationship been with God? Like in the early, the first act, I would say definitely vending machine would be how I would describe God where it's like, I need this. Would you help with that? Can you give me this thing? Can you do this exact thing? Can you show up for me in this way in this moment? Like vending machine fits uh, for sure. <laughs> like that would be the approach of like God is real, but he's there to to give me stuff when I need him to kind of. Um, yeah, man. And then in the the second and third act, like I don't I don't know that these um, fit. Uh, so the, the number seven option is, or something else. And I feel like any analogy is going to fall short, but I'm going to say, um, like wind, uh, wind would be my primary descriptor of how I viewed God and not, not of like random, but like that God sometimes is, is like calm and, not as blatantly active in my life. Like there's seasons of like, we're just hanging out. The wind is calm. It's not blowing like crazy outside, but I know it's here. Like I feel the breeze, you know, like it's around, but, uh, but it's not this forceful gale um, or tornado or something like that. But then there's, there's been other moments in my life where God is like, no dude, like I'm going to blow hard enough until you notice what I'm trying to tell you. Um, and of course I'm there and I'm powerful and I'm present and I can shift everything around you if I want to, but, but I kind of like the wind where most of the time God is pretty calm and, and patient in my life and, and present. Um, but that I, I don't know, that's the best descriptor I can come up with is like, like wind God would be, uh, able to do, massive things or very small things, but always present um, in my life would be yeah. kind of how I'd describe him these days. What about you, man? Cause that's, that's, that's a hard question by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with my upbringing and kind of how God was talked about. And I, I think there's a great thing for parents to realize, like don't use God as like dad, like don't use God in the perspective right. of like, wait till your father gets home. Um, that's a horrible view of God, uh, right, but right. that's the normal 
you know, I think for a lot right. of Christian parents, that's what they use. You don't want to disappoint God. Um, you're like, whoa, like careful. Um, but yeah, God was a, a judge and a vending machine for me growing up. Um, and even into my probably mid twenties, um, even like I, I wouldn't have described yeah. him that way. Cause I knew that would be wrong, but at <laughs> the same time, that's probably how I, I interacted with him. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember man being in the middle of hockey games and like letting in a crappy goal and just being like, all right, God, uh, if you give me this win, you give me 10 extra saves. So, you know, my save percentage can go up. Um, like I will, I'll be the best Christian in the entire world. Um, I will tell everybody about you. I'll stop sinning right. in all these different ways. Right. Uh, if you just get like, yeah. that was in, I'm not, I'm not trying to poke fun. Um, a lot of people view God that way. Um, it, it shows a maturity level in their relationship, whether, whether they're a teenager or they're in their sixties, they could still be viewing God in that way. Um, it's actually for those that are trying to help disciple people. It's a deeper relationship with God. It's actually a great um, indicator of where they're at spiritually. But, uh, and then the judge piece of like, he's always out to get you or like, Oh, you've screwed up one too many times. God's done. Like he's not, he's not blessing you in this area or he's taking yeah. these things away from you or whatever. Like those are definitely things that, that I lived into. And the other, the other one on that, it's not on here, but would probably play in that same season is, you know, I moved away from, uh, so my parents divorced. I said, I said last week I'm um, in first grade. So we live primarily with my mom. Um, but we moved to South Dakota when I was in, I think it was in fourth grade. So my dad stayed in California. We were whatever thousands uh, of feet away from, or year, feet, thousands of feet, thousands of miles away from each other or a thousand yeah. miles. I don't know how big the United States is. Um, and, and so much of, of your view of God is the parental, you know, your comes from your parental um, relationships and you know my god my dad was distant like he was you know we could yeah. collect call him anytime we wanted to but like we saw him you know only a handful of times a year you know in person face to face and i think there's there was a lot of of um of those characteristics in that relationship that i applied to god that god sure you know from a, a head knowledge standpoint he was ever present he was all around um but um, he, he didn't really interact with us that often. He was pretty distant. And from, you know, that's a, and even from a relational standpoint, he was pretty distant. You know, I grew up in a, in a church that like God didn't speak to us in that way. Um, we weren't taught that God speaks in, in that way in relationship. And <clears throat> it was odd for those things to happen, um, or not rare, I should say for those things to happen. Um, and then, you know, shifting to today, um, you know, God is, God is a, a person like here. It's funny. Like I've always been pretty against Christian um, paraphernalia for lack of a better term. Right? Yeah. Like Andrew and I grew up in the nineties and early two thousands. Yep. And like, that was the rage of Christian paraphernalia. Um, they have stolen every brand out there and <laughs> Christianized it. So you could wear it and feel cool. Uh -huh. Uh, uh -huh. Lifeway Berean bookstores, like those are all the rages. That's like totally. where you hit up all your Christian stuff and not of this world, um, right? Like all those things. So yep. like I've been, yep. I, I've always been pretty against that. I, I hate that culture. Um, I think it's devastating to the church and devastating to Christianity that that culture ever existed. And now we're reaping the the um, results of that season, but mm. in the church today. But um, yeah, uh, recently, like. I want to buy a cross necklace. Hmm. Um, so I've been looking at cross necklaces and I'm like, I'm not that guy, but like 
it means and i'm like still in my head like wrestling with that idea mm. um, because i don't want it to be what people use it for but jesus me like jesus is a person to me mm. and i want to not represent it but be reminded of it myself um, cool. that you know he is yeah. active and he is working and you know i'm talking to him on a regular basis and i and i wear like i wear a bracelet that in the inside says disciple maker matthew 4 419 to remind myself nice the purpose of this life but um like there's there's little things like that like i don't want to go down those roads because i'm not i don't want to portray myself in a way that creates behavior in other per- people that doesn't actually help their relationship yeah. with jesus but at the right. same time like it, it's a it's like holding on to like a a picture of of your parents or like a a picture of a memory that means a lot to you or mm-hmm. you know maybe somebody gave you something and it, it's not anything significant what they gave you but the relationship matters a lot to you so that it, so it ends up being a significant item right, right. It, it's like that piece of it of like yeah right. this is like this is Jesus like he's I was talking to a friend yesterday and um uh, she's been praying. She's been calling God Abba, which essentially means, you know, father or daddy. And I said, you called, you called God daddy. Um, she's like, no, no, no. I use, I use the word Abba. And I was like, I don't know if I could, I could call God daddy. It would just feel weird. Um, mm-hmm. then I was like, no, I would, I would 100% do it if I was being sarcastic with Jesus. Like I would, I would absolutely call <laughs> Jesus daddy to be, to be a punk. Um, but like that's relationship. Not like you. I'm not, not, for I'm not being irreverent. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, it's right. just it's. But I was like, and it was just a realization to me as as I was driving home from from that meeting, where you're just like, holy crap! Like, no, Jesus, it's relationship. Like, I would do the yeah. same thing with, yeah. you know, most people I'm in relationship, with, especially people that uh, have authority over me. I would I would interact with in that way, um, hmm. just to just to lighten the mood. And I was like, holy crap! It's relation. Like, I'm just it's the same thing I do with humans. I'm doing with God. Um, I haven't called God daddy recently, but um, I wouldn't put it past. But so it's that piece of like, no, it's God is an actual being that interacts with you on yeah. a daily basis that loves yeah. you deeply, um, that loves you so much. He doesn't want you to stay where you're at. And if you foster a relationship yeah. with Jesus and you do the things he asks you to do, it's amazing the the places that he's going to take you in terms of not just action and behavior and like things to accomplish mission wise, but like just depth of character yeah. of who you are. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be, you know, I'm in a season where I want to be known by people of how well I love people and how well I love God. Like I want them yeah. to be like, Oh yeah, Josh, man, Josh loves Jesus at a level that I, I don't love Jesus as not yeah. as a, like Josh is better than me, but as like an inspiration of like, man, if Josh can do it, anyone can. <laughs> um, and and be known, known for that love yeah. for people. Yeah. yeah, totally dude, man. That's so good. Um, that is so good. And Josh, I hate to do this, but because of time, we should, I, I need to jump. Um, but I know that when we record next, we're going to continue this this kind of conversation series. We'll continue in conversation yep. number two, even though it'll be, you know, our third third discussion. But that's okay. Um, but yeah, our, our, I'll just say along that same sentiment, Josh, that you just had of like, we're not trying to be perfect. We're just trying to model like, hey, here's a little bit of how to do it. And here's a few strategies that maybe you can borrow from that might be useful and effective in your life to, to build deeper relationships with people and also to, to build deeper relationship with God. So uh, if you're listening, thank you. I, I hope this has been encouraging to you. And uh, Josh, my final thought is just thanks for being open to do this, even though we're breaking that 
that second rule of keep it confidential, you know, uh, we're putting it in the public, but yep. thanks for being vulnerable and open to, to do this, man. It's awesome. Yep. That's great. And I'll, I'll since we are, I'll let you go, Andrew, if you got to go, but I'll leave yeah. people with this. Since we are this Jesus life podcast, we should probably give you a little bit of truth in the midst of that though. There's probably That's truth great. woven out our stories. Um, I'll give you this. This is John 17, three. Uh, this says this is, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And we'll focus in on the fact that they know you. Um, God can be known. Um, and you can be known by God in deep relationship, just like you would have with, you know, your closest of friends, your, your spouse, um, or, a, a family relationship. Like you can be, you can fully know God and fully be known, um, by him. Um, that is the beauty of what Jesus did on the cross. That's what he gives us access to. Sure. He forgave us for sin, which is fantastic and awesome and gives us access in this life to God um, that we didn't have before. Um, it also secures our eternity, but it's the relationship with Jesus um, that he has given us that is more beautiful than anything um, that salvation brings. Um, more beautiful than even the forgiveness of sin is the fact that we get to be known by God and get to know God in relationship. Um, so chase after those things, foster relationship with Jesus. Um, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully these conversations are helpful. I um, mean, like we said at the beginning, um, you can walk with people through these conversations as yourself. We'll link uh, to true face in our show notes at this use podcast.com. And we did play the dwell, um, uh, ad this week, but um, you can also go to this Jesus Life podcast forward slash or dot com forward slash dwell um, to sign up for dwell. Um, we do receive a little bit of kickback when you do sign up for subscription with them, but dwell is a uh, passionate Bible reading app to get you into God's word um, from people that care about scripture and care about uh, fostering relationship with Jesus. Um, so it's not the, the, dead voice or the monotone voice that you typically hear um, from some of your your big translations out there. These are um, passionate people about who God is and what scripture is in our lives um, and read it in such a way that uh, let scripture come alive so it can kick off conversation between you and Jesus. But check that out. This is podcast.com forward slash dwell. Thanks for listening. Um, we love you guys. We greatly appreciate um, that you take the time out each week. Share us with your friends and family. I know that's what the blurb that's kicking off right now is about to say again, but you'll hear it live, kind of live from me right now. Um, we appreciate you guys. Share us out there. Uh, thanks for listening this week. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.